The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, so we're, we're talking about these fees that the federal government has uh, rolled back to what it pays hospitals to take care of military members. Um, Ottawa made these changes uh, this spring to the fees it reimburses to hospitals when they provide health care to military members. So let, just to be clear, so when you become a member of the military, you pretty much, um, of, of the military in, in Canada, you cut up your provincial health care card. You, you are, are covered by the federal government. Um, instead of the provincial level and then things are reimbursed right um what these changes are suggesting is that the military cover less of the fees physicians charge for services leaving hospitals on the hook for millions of dollars but there's a a number of claims that um the provinces have been charging double even triple Double, even triple to tra- to treat military members. Now, of course, you know, <laughs> are they going to fess up to that or not? I mean, it's going to be a short come, uh, a shortfall in, in dollars. I think Alberta Health Services uh, saying that these changes will leave a $2 million shortfall in Ontario. I think it was high as $10 million. So again, in, in front of me, I have a piece of paper from uh, uh, National Defence uh, to Blue Cross. These changes came into effect, it says, response May 1st, 2019. Why was this change made? And again, it says, response, a recent audit and departmental review demonstrated significant overpayment and billing variation across the country for services provided to eligible CAF members. As a result, the previous fee payment structure being replaced by the adoption of provincial territorial codes to address these variations. Um, And were hospitals and physicians informed of this change? It says the provincial territorial ministers of health were notified of the change in writing by the Surgeon General, the Canadian Armed Forces. Not sure by the sounds of it that they were consulted, but they were informed in writing and that they have been invited to a number of discussions on these changes with either the Surgeon General or CAF senior leadership. Daryl's on the phone this afternoon. Hey, Daryl, how are you? Hey, Colonel, how's it going? I am good. Uh, Daryl, you're a veteran. Tell us about your experience in this. Uh, well, actually, I uh, when I first joined, we actually had all our own hospitals, even on the Mayo and whatnot. Um, and that's one of the big problems now, isn't it? Well, our staff, actually a few members that used to fly with, um, actually they went medical. So we have enough staff uh, trained in different areas. Why don't we just open up base hospitals again mm-hmm. and get the proper care? Um, as you know, when you travel to the U.S., they got great care, right? You know, interesting, when I was away not too long ago, was at a, at a conference, uh, an Air Force conference, and one of the discussions that came up, and this, this has been a this has been an ongoing uh, conversation for, for years now that uh, I've, I've been in, involved with, just sitting back listening about some of these issues. When you ask our people what the challenges are, this is one of the big challenges, but someone's telling me that one of the major Air Force bases, um, actually, someone told me it was at, at Trenton, that the the um, the services that were set up there originally to serve military members were now open to the public as well so um, military members there were getting pushed back weren't weren't being able to get treatment uh, well actually that's where I got injured when I shattered my leg right mm. and uh, surgery was supposed to be two hours but it took four hours but I had to be operated on in Belleville with a specialist yeah um, and the hospital they have set up there when I was there that was like 10 12 years ago but 
it was basically a, a medic station almost and a denter uh, for dental. And uh, so it wasn't at the, wasn't at the general hospital in Belleville. Uh, it was at the uh, general in Belleville. Okay. Um, but you have to uh, rely on uh, the local services. And if we're actually going to be taking care of and wanting to inspire people to keep coming back, like what we're all, what you're doing, like promoting it, right? Um, it's we got to take care of our own and then take some of that money uh, from what we help other people overseas. And I mean, that's all we can do because we cannot send people overseas if we cannot maintain them. You know, the the, the government, the, the, the military been saying for the past, I mean, some of their taglines for the past uh, couple of years been saying, you know, people are our priority. They're our number one. Um, and now having said this, you know, if if the provinces are overcharging the DND, I can see why the DND is saying, OK, we need to fix this. If it's true that it's it, they're they're charging two to three times more to serve a military member than a civilian member, Daryl, that's wrong. Well, that's totally correct as well. And so, therefore, uh, if you go back to your base hospitals as well, uh, you can maintain your staff, but you can also audit your own bills so you're not actually getting uh, triple billed, double billed. Yeah. Well, um, Daryl, when, when, when you had to move, when you had to move, like, from, from province to province, um, and, again, I think this might be more in the past 10, 15 years. I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, but when, when you were moving, how difficult was it to get re-hooked back up with a, with a GP, maybe to get in to see a doctor, that sort of thing? Uh, luckily, when I was in, we had just base doctors. You had the base doctor, so that, and that's one um, of the things that have changed big time. Okay. But, but, but when I was getting out, that was a big problem because I was looking for the doctors with my injury and whatnot as well. And you ask about provincial transfer of uh, health care. Yeah. Um, it goes back to my VA rep. Uh, he was bugging me and bugging me about getting my health care card uh, when I went from Alberta to Ontario. And, but you had to wait 45 days. Mm. Um, since then, they've actually made it automatic uh, going from Alberta to Ontario and I believe yeah. every other province. Yeah. So, and every other province, you have a waiting time of, say, 56 days or whatnot. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a way to do it because they've already done it, right? Uh, Daryl, do you still have to prove injuries at all if you want any of your, your benefits, anything like that? Uh, I have to basically, uh, they contact me every two years, but there's no doubt that they know, like, I could not move uh, for almost three weeks uh, period this uh, last summer, right? But, but every and, two years, you still have to prove that you were injured? Uh, correct. Well, it's they call you, and certain people might be asked, um, uh, but I don't really, I, I don't really uh, ask a lot of them, so they might not contact me as much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just deal with the pain and uh, I keep moving on and trying to help out as well. I- if there was one thing on this front, if there was one thing on this front that could make things better for our our, our members, um, what would it be, in your opinion? Uh, make sure that they're listened to, uh, that their families are cared for, and that they are, and the biggest thing a lot of people don't understand is those military people get... Uh, thanked by people on the street mm-hmm. those military members just say thank you because that's they're doing it because they care and they want to give back as well so it's not just a, they just don't want to take 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 right yeah 
um, that's the beautiful part about uh, most people that I've known in the military. <laughs> and uh, you're exampling that as well as an honorary colonel. Uh, well, thank you, thank you kindly, uh, Daryl. Always great to uh, always great to hear from you, and hope your travels are are taking you to some fine places, and you're taking good care of yourself. Well, what I'll do is uh, I talked to Graham at Cougar today. Yep. And uh, with that, uh, I'll be sending him and uh, yourself a little care package for what I've developed for a product to help out veterans as well. Sounds good. And you take care, eh? Daryl, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you for calling. Uh, Daryl served our country, and we thank him for his uh, service. So uh, in 2003, the military's ombudsman reported on the well-being of uh, the military family in the new millennium, saying that one key finding was that accessing health care and maintaining a reasonable level of continuity during mandatory moves... Uh, remains a persistent challenge for military families. Uh, in 2018, Military Family Services, that's a, a, a CAF organization, found that 44% of spouses said, quote, it was extremely difficult to reestablish medical services after relocation. They identified primary health care as the second highest challenge overall for military families. There's a bigger conversation here than, and, than just what Mercedes broke and appreciate her shining that light on there but um there there is and, I, and i've heard it from uh, a lot of people some of your texts coming in says uh you know what uh i don't blame ottawa on this if it's true the provincial health boards are charging like that come on get it fixed i didn't know that there's a different procedure for delivering a, a military baby compared to a civilian baby or why things would be charged differently out of rocky mountain house veterans need to be looked after and looked after better and mike says thanks for covering this jay our troops have no voice for some reason uh ernest is on the phone this afternoon hi ernest oh hello Jay. hey hello, what's, on what's on your mind well my question is if you're in the military if you're Okay, say you're serving on a base here in Edmonton, and you have the base doctor. Well, are they, are the military, do they feel comfortable discussing a lot of things with the base doctor? Because basically, they're, the base doctor works for the military. Mm-hmm. So then you might not feel comfortable discussing yeah. certain things, yeah. because you don't want your commanding officer to know. Or, yeah. And once again, it seems like the federal government charging more taxes and now screwing us again no no it's it's the it's the provincial governments Ernest. it's the provincial governments and the the provincial health boards um that people are is it true well the provincial health boards people are claiming that they're getting charged or they're charging the federal government is that that true though do they have numbers to back that up you're earnest you know what you, you heard the report so did i and this is what people this is what's being documented so um you know you well always, there might you always, be a reason I, for that but at the same time i'm just wondering it seems like the military no matter how you look at it is getting kind of ripped off here well it's I mean, yeah, you're, you're, at and the how about the family yeah, the, the family's a military are they forced to go to the base doctor also no oh i'm just wondering if it's if, i mean because it there's sounds- not a lot of base doctors anymore in those base hospitals anymore. So there's, you know, if they do go to a GP or whatever, um, but it, it's under um, the DND. They, they're taken care of by the federal government, right? Okay, well, I mean, I, I then, just thought to me like our military is getting shafted here. But at the same time, the federal government is blaming the provinces like they always do. And if, it, if it's true, then yeah, there might even be a reason for it. But 
Is it true, first of all? Because I don't trust anything oh, coming out of I know, the I know, government Ernest, right now. I know, Ernest. And always great to hear from you. And Ernest is uh, one of those folks that always texts on the tr- on the text line and says, is this true? Again, I, I have a document in front of me from National Defense. And it was to the Blue Cross, to service providers. And it's question number three. Why was the change made? And this is from National Defense saying again, I'll tell you it again. Uh, A recent audit and departmental review demonstrated significant overpayment and billing variation across the country for services provided to eligible Canadian Armed Forces members. As a result, the previous free payment structure is being replaced. Uh, So that's what they're doing. This is what they have identified, saying that the the billing was uh, different all the way across the country, that in some cases they believed it was up to two, three times higher. So by doing this, they're hopeful to uh, get rid of that the question being at the end of the day you guys is we need to make sure that access to health care that mental health care as well for our military members and our veterans um, is strong and is accessible is strong and accessible we'll keep you updated on this one okay some of your texts coming in says uh this is from marianne Says, Jay, I'm a retired military member and I've had to request a reassessment of any injuries I received while serving. I can do this every two years if I feel the injury has worsened. They do not contact the member. Sorry, I forgot to mention in my prior text, reassessments are done through Veterans Affairs Canada. Again, that is from Marianne and this one. Yes, they still have to prove they were hurt in service. You should highlight the Bureau of pensions advocates who fight for the vets who get denied medical service yeah that's another one that i've been uh, looking at uh, lately as well hugh's on the phone this afternoon hey hugh hello what's on your mind how are you i'm good what's going on you, you know what i find quite abhorrent about the whole thing they're squabbling over small change and at the bottom line is there you put all your three little points that could concur more than anything you've ever said uh, it's not often that that happens, Jalen. I will admit that, being you don't see eye to eye a lot. But I do agree with this, what you're saying about these veterans and the fact that they're arguing about this small change. I find it abhorrent. When they send money all over the world and we can't look after our veterans, there's something wrong with this country. That's not what my grandfather's in the ground for. Have a nice day. Thanks for the call. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for giving me a shout. Thanks for your honesty uh, as well. Uh, yeah. Some of your texts uh, coming in this afternoon. Max, mad. Uh, mad Max is mad this afternoon uh, about all of this. Uh, one thing I'm not clear on, who is billing the medical system at rates two and three times higher than the normal rate? The insurance provider sue the provider then. Um, again, what they were saying is that there's significant overpayment as billing variation across the country. So the province or whoever's insurance the providers, Alberta, whatever it is, going back to the DND, to the federal government to get reimbursed. And in some cases, they're saying it's two to three times um, the costs of what they would um, have charged a civilian member. Trucker Dave, Jay in a great country as ours, why is it so hard to get things right? These stories, folks getting screwed over is disheartening. Yeah, I hear you on that one. So, uh, again, um, Alberta's health minister, Tyler Shandro, spoke about this just a couple of hours ago. Uh, He says um, the rates were changed 
and the provinces were told after the fact. The new rates are a fraction of our costs. For an outpatient surgery, for example, our cost is about $1,400, and the new DND rate is $200. The result is that AHS will lose about $2 million per year on the services that it provides to our forces members. Ontario Health Services saying that could be up to $10 million uh, a year. Uh, Minister Shandro saying he's going to introduce a motion in the House tomorrow, which he hopes is going to receive bilateral support. Alberta Health also reaching out to the other provinces to coordinate a joint response to DND, and a letter is being sent to Ottawa in an effort to reverse the decision. Um... At the end of the day, we need to make sure that uh, that our that our military members and I and I've said it once, ten times today, that our military members get access to service. And if any way, in any way, um, that um, and we're hearing in some cases out of Ottawa that military members not being put on the list for MRIs, that sort of stuff, because uh, as you heard Mercedes say in that report, that they are cutting coverage uh, for. CTs and uh, MRIs, uh, no coverage for that. ER visits, the original cost at $359 um, is being dropped to 97 That's a drop of 75%. Day surgery and coverage being dropped by 96%. So I uh, would love to know um, a little bit more background on, on the decision of, of those numbers and, and why you would cut certain things out and why you would drop things that much. Much. Again, uh, some questions that still need to be answered, but um, we need to make sure that our members are getting uh, the service that they need. So anyway, we, we all want we all want access to health care. We all want to be able to to to, to go to the to, to the doctor or go to ER and and not have to worry about getting, you know. I can't say that on, on the air, so I'm just going to stop right now. Coming up to 2.55 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We'll take a break here for the 3 o'clock news. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about calcium chloride. Andrew Knack, Ward 1 City Councillor, will join us about that heated debate yesterday, and really it's been going on for the past uh, couple of months, hasn't it? A reminder, 4.20 today, your word of the day.